Welcome to That Mom Life. I'm Sarah Jordan. And today I'm joined by one of my friends, Shauna. Shauna and I met through the Kentucky Derby Festival board. And I'm pretty sure by the first time I ever met you in a meeting, when I didn't know you from anywhere, I was like, that's the girl I'm going to be friends with. <laughs> You walked through the door with this amazing energy and you work for Greater Louisville Inc. And truly, there is just something about you. It's the way you smile, the way you laugh, the way you engage. I immediately, and I guess that kind of sounds weird. It was like, if I could court someone into a friendship off of this new opportunity, it was you. I feel the same way, Sarah. I mean, obviously, I think we were, we're meant to be friends for sure. Well, because you just kind of know there's like certain people that vibe with you and you immediately vibed with me. Um, and so when we met on the Kentucky Derby Festival board, I did not know as much about Greater Louisville Inc. And now obviously I've paid a lot more attention. So what do you do with Greater Louisville Inc.? Because I don't think people realize how much you guys do for people. Sure. So I'm the vice president of engagement and organizational advancement, which is really kind of just a fancy way of saying um, I oversee a lot of what, what, how we interact and engage with the business community. So a lot of people really think of the Chamber of Commerce um, through events. And so we have an events department and events team, and we also have lots of products um, that we offer our membership. And um, so externally, we, um, I oversee all of that. And then also marketing communications and all the strategic planning for the organization. So um, it's really kind of just a, a way to say how we engage and interact with the with uh, the membership. What has it been like during the pandemic that we're both currently dealing with? I'm you're I think in your possibly bathroom or somewhere in your house. I'm in my closet. I know that everyone's job has kind of changed. Have you guys just been maintaining from home? Yes. So absolutely. Um, we. All actually, we had a large event, 500 folks planned for March 13th on that Friday and canceled that event. Ooh. And yeah, um, canceled that event. And then we've all really been teleworking from home since then. And we're going to continue to telework from home for a while, I think. I think it's just the safest route. And we're all getting a lot of work done. I think the first couple of weeks, um, people were kind of trying to find their fitting, but um, now we're, I mean, to be honest, I think all of us are working more than we ever have. And as I know it's crazy. Um, and I think also as a chamber, it's been really, and this is why, you know, I think people work at nonprofits when people work at nonprofits, they're there because they're passionate about the work that they're doing. And it's been really rewarding to be at GLI right now because we have, you know, we didn't know what to do. Right. And so we really did, um, you know, buckle down and say, we have got, we have to be here to find solutions for the business community and, and to be an advocate for them. And so we really have been doing that. And so um, it's been exciting to be a part of the chamber, even during, um, you know, during COVID-19. You know, I was just, talking to one of my friends and I think every day I go on a roller coaster of uh, there's hope we're going to keep going. And then I have that moment probably once a week where, okay, this is going to sound stupid. And I know this is stupid. I have a moment where I think I'm scared that this is the end. And I know that's my brain automatically tries to process worst case scenario. And it does that so that I can prepare for worst case scenarios. And I think that's only because my brain does has never dealt with anything like this. So I don't have any resources to try to figure it out. But someone asked me, like, do you think we're gonna have another wave of this, this or that? What about the economy? And I said, I think everyone in all the businesses, the first couple of weeks, 
We didn't know how to do this. We didn't know how to work from home. We didn't know how to do what we were doing before in an office. But now I'm like, if something were to happen where let's say we had to go under quarantine again or something else, businesses know how to work remotely or their offices do or their favorite business knows how to do curbside. Like, I think we're all is if there is a silver lining to that part is that we've all had to learn so much in such a short time to make ourselves stronger. I agree with that, Sarah. And I also just think, um, you know, I think as a mom, you sometimes do worst case scenario. I don't think I did worst case scenario before I was a mom, but I always do worst worst case scenario now. So I think that's just like a part of being a mom. Is that what it, is that when I started? Maybe that's when it started and I didn't realize that was the correlation. You know, because I used to be like, I'm going to ride all the roller coasters, then I'm going to go skydiving. And now I'm like, I can't go skydiving. What if something happens to me? I have three kids. Like, maybe that's what triggered it. Absolutely. It- I am, yes, I am making little paranoid children think too because of <laughs> My son will look at me. He's going to be almost seven. He'll be like, mom, why are you looking at me like that? I just sneeze. Do you think I have the coronavirus? And I'm like, no, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> so I mean, like even my son calls me out and I'm like, I need to calm down. I need to calm down. <laughs> I, so shouldn't, you are a mom. I shouldn't actually say this on this podcast, but um, so feel free to edit this part out. But like when everything first happened, those first, it was probably that, I know it was that first week and, you know, the schoolwork was really intense and, you know, I'm working full time from home and I'm, you know, alone and it's just, you know, really intense. And, um, you know, they had already said, you know, kids really weren't susceptible to getting sick from it. And so I was having like one of those moments where I, you know, nobody was doing their work and I had a call and it was, you know, I was just, you know, panicked and you know what? I have heard so many moms, like there's a meme going around that's like, dear neighbors, thank you for not thinking I'm crazy when you hear me yelling. And most of the time it has to do with probably trying to get your kids to do schoolwork. Oh. Um, I know that that has been such a struggle. I mean, I, I, I say that I yelled at my son today for his schoolwork because he's just like, I just want to be done. And I'm like, even though they, their brains are they're so much younger than us. Clearly they do process so much more than we give them credit for. And they process it differently. For instance, my preschool daughter, who'll be in kindergarten this fall, hopefully she has not wanted to do anything. Her preschool teacher has given her. She wants to do all the kindergarten work with my son, but I think in her little mind, and I don't even know how she figured this out. She's compartmentalizing. She's like, well, if I don't have to see my teacher, if I don't have to do her work, then I don't have to miss her. Oh, that's so true. And I know. And I'm like, how do you know how to do that? And she's four. Yeah. So I'm trying to give them more credit. And it's sometimes when my son doesn't want to sit still and doesn't want to do his work, like today, he thought I was going to yell at him. And I was like, I need to understand why don't you want to do this right now? Well, and I also, I agree. And I think, you know, the other thing, I said this the other day to my neighbor, I said, you know, who has been the best in all of this is the kids. I mean, we, of course, you know, we had spring break plans, you know, these kids that are not getting their graduation. My, you know, my kids love school, miss their teachers, miss their friends. They're having to sit in the house, you know, this is hard for them. And to your point, their little brains, how they're processing it. And to be honest, they're all doing amazing. You look out, you see these kids and, you know, we didn't get to go on vacation and they never complained once. And they're, they're really killing it. The kids are killing it these days with, with the whole coronavirus. You know 
they're doing so much better than the parents are. I don't think my kids made a comment about staying home until like we were six weeks in. And even then, the one time my daughter realized it was when we didn't go inside of Target. And she was like, wait, why are we going in Target? Why can't I go get a toy? That's what like triggered her to be like, wait a second. (laughs) So I'm glad to know where their priorities are. I think I know where Sarah spends most of her time. Listen, I, with the tiny baby, it's like the last six months have prepared me for quarantine because with maternity leave, I was already home. So the kids knew like, okay, we'll, we'll go out, we'll go grab food, we'll go to Target where we can get diapers, everything else, and then we'll go back home. So, I mean, they've been prepared a little bit, but I've just been trying to float outside of my body and not lose my mind sometimes in, in the sense of like yelling first and trying to step back. I sound as if I like, am one of those parents that are very zen and I'm okay all the time. I'm not at all i literally have to like breathe deep breathe deep they're tiny people they can't process everything figure it out i know (laughs) but it's hard it is it is hard how old are your kids so i have two girls um nora is she'll be eight on saturday Mm. turns eight we're doing the drive-by quarantine oh yeah yeah so um, so she will be, um, she's a second grader. And then my baby is Lucy and she is six years old. So she turned six in January. And so she, she's in kindergarten this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how, my, okay. So we have kids the same age then. So my son's in kindergarten. Yeah. I think that's also been some of the weird part. It's like their first real year of school. And then it's been so altered at the end. Right. I know it has. And I feel bad for the kindergartners because I do think that there's like so much fundamental learning that needs to happen. So my hope is that, you know, they just all kind of pick up and realize that, you know, those sight words they might not know and, you know, they're not reading at the level that they need to. So, you know, I think like you said, at first teachers were like, let's just gung ho do this. And I think they've realized more and more the impact of like you and I are working from home. So, I mean, like, as we're trying to keep maintain a full-time job and teach the kids and the kids are like tr- wanting to go watch TV and they're confused. It's just not realistic to think that they're going to sit there for six hours a day and do schoolwork. Exactly. Well, who we can't, I mean, I'm on, I'm on a zoom or, you know, a, a conference call six hours a day myself. So what we end up doing, what you know, the girls and I end up um, spending, you know, we'll after the workday, um, you know, we'll do we'll do schoolwork or we'll do it on the weekends. And they haven't really complained too much about that, but you know, we'll have to do how, the weekends. How are you balancing just like your time when you're working? Like, yes, you're in the same house as your kids, which is a hundred percent the biggest blessing about all this is that you and I get to be home. But I guess how are you handling like your attention between them and work? Well, I think um, I'm lucky because they're older and they're girls and they understand and they can, um, you know, they entertain themselves a lot. Um, Their, their imaginations are amazing. I mean, they are constantly on, on cooking shows, making, making up their own little Play-Doh cooking shows or doing paint or out in the garage, making up potions or something. So, um, oh my gosh, your kids sound amazing, by the way, because all of that sounds so cute. I mean, I am constantly a judge on some sort of cooking show um, that, they, <laughs> that they've put together. Um, or they go upstairs and they do talent shows for each other. So they're pretty creative. 
Um, but also do not let me even fool you that there's not some television, serious television action happening here too. Um, so, I mean, we're, are they getting along? They get along really well. Actually they do. They, they really do get along. I feel like, okay, ultimately my kids are less than two years apart. They truly do get along so well, but I know that they definitely yell at each other just as much because my daughter, the younger one, tries to be the boss. I, I don't know how many times a day I say, you're playing a make-believe game, change the rules. Like, stop getting mad at the other one for like, she says that she's got magical powers and blah, blah. I'm like, then have magical powers. Like, <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, yeah, we are. Oh, my oldest is definitely, you know, like she wants to set all the rules. And, um, you know, the poor little baby, she doesn't get to set any rules. So I'm, I find myself sometimes like I'll overhear what's happening and I'll say, Nora, I think it's about time for Lucy to, you know, make up some of the rules or come up with a game or something. Cause I'm, you know, I feel for her. <laughs> Honestly, that's exactly what I have to do, but it's like my son, he's the oldest and he's the best big brother. He will, not that he's passive, but like he will make sure she's happy. And even though sometimes it upsets him, he always gives in to her and he will always protect her. And I think, and I don't know if this is something, again, kids reacting to everything going on in ways that they're not necessarily verbally communicating. My daughter has wanted him to like sleep with her and they've been making, whether it's making forts, they've made it kind of like a sleepover thing. So it's fun. It's like, where are we sleeping tonight? Are we sleeping in the guest room? Are we making a fort? Are we sleeping over here? And I think that's just kind of like her little comfort level. And he always gives in to her and is like... My husband has found them like holding hands asleep. Oh. And I'm like, I can't. That is the cutest thing I've ever heard. That's amazing. So there are some like, it is an interesting time to be a parent. I think we'll, we're all learning um, that even though maybe we complained about being at the office, suddenly we're like, you know what? I didn't mind my uh, personal time either. Right. <laughs> Have you always been in Louisville, by the way? Uh, I am. So I'm born and raised in Louisville. And, um, my, all of my family lives here. So I have an older sister. Um, and I actually, you know what, to be honest, I think that's a little bit of why my girls get along as well as they do Sarah, because, uh, so my sister lives two doors down from me and we are like thick as thieves. She's my everything. And, um, the girls see us together all the time and they go to auntie's house. And um, so I, to be honest, I think that they see that family. And so my parents live, you know, just, you know, 20 minutes down the street. So we're all here and, you know, born and raised here and we have a pretty small family and, um, but we're, we're pretty thick as, you know, we're, we, we we're together a lot. So your kids know that you guys have a very strong family unit altogether. Yes, absolutely. And um, it's funny. I mean, like I'll even when they when I do see them like bickering or something, I'll say, you know, because I'm the youngest and, you know, I'll say, you know, Andy used to pick on me and, you know, but, you know, be nice to your little sister or, you know, I'll try to or my sister will do it to Nora. You know, she'll say, I know she's your little sister and she might get on your nerves sometimes. You know, you know, mommy got on my nerves. <laughs> um, so I just think that they see us so much together um, that that they realize that this is what sisters look like. And I really do think that's one of the reasons why they get along so well. You know, I love that. Just it's, it's so important 
to see the family relationships, even beyond just like obviously your immediate family, because your parents and your sister are that close to you. That's part of the reason why we built a multi-generational home. I moved I here when I was three. So I loved when you guys did that. I loved it. I knew when you were building it. I thought it was amazing. I love that you guys did that. Honestly, I think, well, first thing is key. You have to really get along with your family, which you do. So this makes sense to you. Other people are like, there's no way. I'm like, well, clearly this is not a situation for everyone. But for me, my parents moved here from Cleveland when I was three. So, I mean, I only know living here, but I knew growing up that like, if it was grandparents day at school and my grandparents lived in Cleveland or my aunt and uncle didn't live down the road or my grandma or my cousins, I have over 30 cousins. I have a massive family. None of them are here. So when we started having kids in my line of work, a lot of times the only way to like move forward is to move cities because that's how you move to bigger markets, get different jobs. And I was like, I can't do that because it's too important to me for my kids to understand their big family. And I, and so now my kids know there's eight people in our house and that includes my parents, my grandfather, my sister, us. And so they know they have got the big family unit unit and they know anytime one of those people are gone and I just like having that big family unit because I'm like, I know that when they grow up, they're going to think about having a big family. It, it's, um, it's, I think that that is just amazing. I think it's great. I think it's what a great experience that you're giving them. Um, and, you know, again, even though we have such a small family, um, but with my sister and my brother-in-law just being, you know, two houses down, I mean, l- literally just yesterday I was on a zoom conference call and, uh, Nora came and said, will you text auntie and see if she's on a- in a meeting and she wasn't, and they popped down and, you know, spent a couple hours down there with her and I don't even have to go outside. So you're right. I, it's like, it's, it's so great just having everybody right there together. So did that just happen to work out that way that you happened to live two doors down from your sister? Well, we actually, um, so we, so we lived out in Shelby County and, um, we wanted to move to Oldham County for the school system. Um, and so we decided that we wanted to live close to each other. And so we really were, um, um, Faith is very um, important to me and my family. And so we went out looking at houses and we decided, like, let's just pray about it. And if it's meant to be, then we'll we'll both be able to sell our houses and we'll be able to, um, you know, move out to Oldham County together and, and, you know, hopefully be within five minutes of each other. And um, so we decided to put our house on the market first because um, because we had young kids and we wanted to get them into um, you know into the school system. We sold our house in it within an hour. And oh my god! I know it was crazy. Um, and long story short, we found this house that we that we moved to, and um, and it was two doors down from a house that my sister and my brother-in-law had already like went and looked at. I didn't even know that. Um, and that they had like fallen in love with. And she was like, well, I'm sure it'll be gone by the time we're able to, you know, by the time Shauna sells her house and we're able to put ours on the market, I'm sure that house will be gone. And, you know, it wasn't. And so um, they were able to kind of quickly put their house on the market. And um, so it all worked out. So they're two doors down and, um, you know, it's amazing. 
that well that totally reminds me clearly i mean we're in the same house but like that exact same mentality of i mean and especially in times like right now your kids could just be like hey mom can we go see auntie and then she's right there or my kids i'm like okay the baby's sleeping on me or i'm on a conference call go ask grandma i mean that is such a blessing to be able to have family around you for support. I mean, on a, on the best day, let alone in those craziest times that we're living in now. Absolutely. And I mean, this, you know, this last year of my life has been, you know, pretty crazy. And um, I couldn't have done any of it without the support of my family. So it's a hundred percent family is amazing. So you bring that up. And honestly, like, I want to go ahead and say, I apologize for not realizing all of this sooner. So because I was distracted by like, (laughs) having babies. But at the same time, you and I are friends through KDF. And I noticed on Facebook, I was like, Shauna looks so good. Something's different. Something's different. But I felt weird. Like I didn't want to just like randomly text and be like, you look so good. What's going on? Um, (laughs) But the other day, I just texted him. I was like, you're amazing. I don't know what's happening. But you let me know that the last year of your life has been so crazy because something that has been going on for 16 years ended. So what has happened in the last year? Yeah. So, um, so I was married, uh, for 13 years together with my, um, with my ex-husband, uh, for 16 years and, uh, we divorced in December. So, um, split up in this, in the summer of, of 2019 and, um, officially divorced in, uh, December of 2019. So it's been, um, wow, it has been a crazy, wild roller coaster. Um, and to be honest, you, you really cannot explain it to anyone unless they've been through it because everyone's divorce story is very different. Um, my parents are still married. Um, I grew up in like a fantastic home with two parents that, you know, love each other and, you know, um, again, they're still married to this day. So divorce was not something that I ever thought I would ever be. And um, I didn't want that for my children. I would have just never wanted it. Um, But it had to happen. And, um, and just like we were talking about earlier about how resilient um, these kids have been with COVID-19. Kids are way more resilient than we give them credit for. And, um, and so, yeah, so they're doing pretty, you know, they're doing good, you know, we're, um, but it has been a roller coaster of emotion. So and you're right. Can I ask right now? Like, was there like a final straw? Was there like one last thing that caused like that final moment of I'm done? I'm, or was it just yes. a culmination? Yes, there was a final thing um, that and you don't have to tell me. I was just wondering. Yes. Um, and again, I said this earlier, um, that, um, uh, um, I always tell people I love Jesus and I love to cuss. So, um, <laughs> so I love me some Jesus. So, um, I honestly think that like, I would have continued in my marriage had, things just been the way they were, but I, what happened, the final thing was like so crazy and so ridiculous that I think it was like God's way of saying to me, like Shauna, I've tried telling you that you need to leave for several years now. 
and you won't. And so I'm going to make this such a shit show <laughs> that, yeah. that even you can't pretend like this is okay. And, um, and so I didn't. And, um, and so I, you know, and, and the first thing I did was go to my family because I knew that once I went to my family that I needed that support and they were 100% there for me um, and the girls and, um, and have just been amazing through all of this. And I have heard divorce stories where people's parents, I have a, I have a friend who her parents weren't that, you know, and so I can't imagine going through something like a divorce, which is just horrible. Um, and not having the love and the support from your family. So, um, I had a, a one of my cousins, like he started, he was with a girl and her parents were so, I don't remember which religion, but they were so against divorce that she stayed with her husband so long because her parents were like pressuring her that like, that's just not something you do. You have to stick through it. And eventually she had to get to the other side and her parents are now fine. But I know, um, especially like you said, your parents are still married. Were you afraid that they would be upset with you or did you just automatically know like they'll have my back? I automatically knew that my parents would have my back. I mean, I never once doubted um, that my, that my sister and my brother-in-law and my parents would not have my back. I just never doubted it. So you brought up something that um, I will not say this person's name whatsoever, but I know someone who was in a very bad relationship for about 10 years and they were married and I knew it was a terrible relationship. I, it almost like destroyed our relationship because I was so adamantly against it because he was abusive, both physically and mentally. And she stayed in it for 10 years and through the abuse, it wasn't until he cheated on her. And like you said, something it had took something much more crazy for her to finally go, I deserve more than this. And at that moment, she does, she left him and now she's been rediscovering herself as well. But it took that after everything else to finally say, but I deserve more. So what is what has it been like rediscovering you? Well, I'll say this, Sarah, I think, um, so and I would give this advice to somebody. Someone told me this, by the way, when I was in the middle of this and they said, um, I had a, a dear friend of mine that there, so I'm going to back up and say, I had three people, three, three women, three, uh, I had my sister, um, and then two of like two really close friends to me that knew everything that checked on me every day that um, gave me amazing advice. They hadn't even been through a divorce, <laughs> you know, they hadn't, but loved me and cared for me. Right. Um, and just gave me really, really good advice. And one of them said to me, um, you, you need, you need, because for me, kicking him out of the house, asking him to leave, make, you know, having him leave the home was the hardest thing because that meant I was going to have to 
tell my children, you know, you have to explain things, right? When you ask someone to leave. And I also knew what that meant. That was like the first step of I'm actually going to do this. And, um, and, you know, she just said, she said, you, I know it's going to be hard, but once you do that, the peace that you're going to have in your home, you, you're just not even, you don't even know the peace that you don't have in your home right now and the eggshells that you're walking on and, um, just the, the constant tension in your home. And she was so right. I mean, three days after he would have gone, I was just like, this is amazing. Um, it was that fast. I mean, it was now listen, there were tears and there was, you know, oh. I mean, heartache, but a lot of my heartache wasn't necessarily for the marriage that maybe I had, but for the marriage that I wanted, right? I mean, I was sad that I didn't have that. Um, and I was sad that, you know, it was over and I, I had given, you know, 16 years of my life to that. Um, and I, and I was a good wife and, uh, you know, and, and I tried and, um, and of course, for sure, I'm certainly not trying to say I'm a saint by no means. I have my own faults and, you know, brought my own, you know, baggage to the relationship. But um, yes, it was that quick that I felt that sense of like peace of that. I was doing the right thing. Um, Now, again, months and months of heartache and and hurt, but um, a lot of peace. And then I will just tell you, I am so, and the other thing I will say is that I can only really speak to how I feel today. Um, and, but I will say, you know, the last three or four months, I have just truly been um, kind of coming back to my own a little bit, a lot, you know, smiling a lot more. Like you said, you know, I, you, we see each other like on social media or something like that. And it's like, yeah, I just am feeling so much better. Um, I feel a little lighter and um, I feel like I'm a different mom. I mean, I'm a better mom. Um, and you know what the part of me feels like you, you were already mourning the loss of your marriage probably so much longer before you realized it. That's probably very true, Sarah. Yeah. And not that you even wanted to admit it in the time, but like, again, someone very close to me as I watched do this at one point, and I obviously I've never done it myself, but because I don't want to make it seem like I understand what you're going through. I just know from people close to me that had to be in a situation. It was like once they could breathe again and not be the tension at home or even being scared for abuse at home, um, they became a different person. Like you can literally see it in photographs without speaking to them. You can see it radiating off of them that they have woken back up. Although to your point, like after 16 years, I mean, that's, like almost half over, over part of your, or at least a third of your adult life with somebody more than that, or half your adult life. Well, Sarah, I'm only 25. I know. That's why I'm like, wait a second. What's my percentages here? <laughs> but it's like when you've done all of these huge life moments, it takes a moment to be like, wait a second. But what does just Shauna want? Right. What do I like? How do, what do I really like to cook for dinner? Where do I really like to do this? What is my real theory on like bedtime? Whatever it is, like you've never been able to think of that. Exactly. You're right. It is. And um, just the, I think also it's just the 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 freedom of um, 
I don't know if freedom is the right word. It really is. I just have so much more peace about my life. And I, I don't even know if that's even saying it right. Um, I just feel more content and, and happy and, and man, I didn't think I would. So like, I remember sitting and crying on my bed with my sister and, you know, saying, you know, my life has ended, you know, I did all of that. And it's like, I never thought I would be here. And, and I don't know, in six months, I might be crying again. I don't know. <laughs> um, but right now, I uh, my kids are really good. You know, I have them in therapy. Um, I'm, I'm a big believer in, in, you know, talking to someone and having an outlet for them. So they go to like a therapist um, that specializes in, in divorce and children. And she does play therapy and she's amazing. Um, so I really just want to focus on them. They've always been the center of um, everything I have ever done. Um, they are my everything. And so even through this entire divorce, um, I have constantly tried to like take the high road, um, you know, and, and, and do the right thing and, and uh, for them. Um, and I, what did they say? What did the girls say when you tried to explain it to them? Like, are they just like mommy and daddy live in separate houses or? So I started the therapy with them um, as, as soon as I knew that we would, as soon as I asked him to leave um, the house, I told him that I was you know, going to get therapy and he supports that. So um, he's actually been, we, we went as uh, the four of us, we went to the therapist and um, so that's been good. And uh, he knows and you know, he supports them. So she helped us with some wording. And so we, we set them down and told them together. Um, so we've done everything together. We really have tried to, um, to approach our, our children and, and trying to co-parent with them, um, the, you know, or co-parent for them and keep them top of mind. So he has been really good at, um, you know, we'll sit down. And then when we actually told them, because the first conversation was, you know, daddy isn't going to you know live here anymore. He's going to live somewhere else for a little while. And then we, you know, a month or two later is when we actually said, you know, mommy, daddy are going to, you know, get a divorce, you know, do you know what that means? You know, we're, we're no longer going to, you know, live together. And, and again, um, we try to just time it around the time that they have therapy. So then they can, you know, the therapist knows what we've talked about with them too. So then she can ask them about it. I mean, I can't imagine having that conversation with your kids, but I mean, obviously I love that you put your kids first and you understand that even though they're younger, that therapy, that way for them to speak, to talk and that is something they need. That is important for them to understand even their little minds, because I feel like their little minds need to wrap their brain around it now versus asking questions five years from now. So, I mean, so with the way that it sounds like you're saying this, what is your relationship now? Like with your ex-husband? I mean, clearly he's your ex, but you guys are co-parenting. I mean, you've got shared custody. So what is that like between you two? Well, I will tell you, we, um, Again, I think the most important part in all of this is it's the girls, right? And early on when, you know, those first few weeks and those first few drop-offs, man, those are hard, right? Because I didn't want to leave my babies and uh, they're crying and, um, 
And then when he leaves, you know, they don't want him to leave. And there's a lot of tears and, and it's heartbreaking. I mean, it is, it is truly heartbreaking for everyone. Um, and the, and, you know, there would be nights where we would, you know, we, I would be putting them to bed and, and, you know, especially the little one, she would say, uh, you know, well, can, can we all just move back in and can we all live here again together? And those are hard, you know, those are hard conversations to, to have, but I think that they're important. Right. Um, so now though, when he picks them up or he drops them off, he and I, we are very cordial to each other. We get along in front of them. We're, we're not arguing or fighting. There's no yelling. So the kids are like, Hey, bye. I mean, we have to almost beg them to give us a hug or a kiss goodbye, you know, which whoever they're going with. Um, so it's, it's actually been really, um, it's actually really worked itself out and they've adjusted really well. I, which is, which is, you know, amazing. They're, uh, kids are so wonderful. I swear, if adults paid attention more to kids, we'd probably be better off or remembered how we were as kids because there's so much we can still learn from them if we just stop and like realize that they they understand so much more in a pure way that if we could bring our brains back to their level, we'd pa- be happy. <laughs> Well, and the other thing I would say about that, you're, you're so right that, you know, we, we have so much to learn from them. And I think also they see and hear so much more than we give them credit for. So although there wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like our house was full of, you know, yelling and screaming and people throwing things and all of that, there wasn't like a bunch of violence happening or anything in our home. They felt that tension. Right. Sure. Um, and so I, I, I believe that they are happier children like this, right? I mean, they see me being happier, him being happier. Um, and I think, you know, they're just in a better place themselves. Now, again, they want us to be together. I mean, who doesn't? Of course. Um, and we don't, we don't speak ill of each other. I mean, we really do try to, um, um, you know, respect each other in that way. And, um, and there's actually a, um, a podcast that I listened to, um, that I asked him to listen to and he downloaded it and we've listened to a few episodes. We actually haven't done it in a while. I should actually remind him and it's a co-parenting podcast. It's a, it's an ex-husband and an ex-wife and, um, and they talk, it's very real. Like anyone who is in this situation, it's very relatable. And, um, they, now they've been divorced, I think a few years. And so they talk about dating and, and all of that, but each episode, you know, they talked about one Christmas, how they could come together and decide if they were going to let one of their children get an iPad or something. So, and how they, um, unite on, uh, big conversations. And so they don't get manipulated by their children. So, I mean, we actually, listen to a podcast so we're, we're what's, it, what's it called because i feel like that could help people that's a very specific thing i'm glad that that exists what's it called i'm gonna look it up for you okay okay you know what i've fallen in love with podcasts too and i'm you and i talked about this like i'm not afraid to talk about other podcasts i'm um really inspired by a lot of what i'm seeing and 
in hearing. And I mean, it helps me with my job too, but like even hosting my own podcast, I love hearing other people talk and learning things from them. If anything, I feel like it relaxes my brain to feel like I'm learning again. So I think sharing the place to go is a fantastic thing to share with others. Yes. Okay. So the co-parenting podcast is called co-parenting 2.0. And, um, Again, it's a it's an ex husband and ex wife, and they have a daughter, and um, and again, it's it's really good. And I, you're exactly right. I I have been listening to um, a ton of podcasts. One of those things, rediscovering myself, never listened to podcast um, when I was married ever. Um, didn't even know what that little purple button was on my iPhone, and um, then started listening to them when I didn't have the kids. Like I found myself, I would be here by myself and didn't have anywhere to go. And I thought, what am I going to do? And someone told me about, um, oh, um, it was that Bargetown podcast that came out. And um, so I got started with that. And then I really, um, so then I started looking into other ones. And there is another podcast um, called The Divorce Survival Guide. Um, And she is amazing. And I've actually... Um, I, I mean, I just think she's really inspirational and, and I've sent um, a couple of her episodes to friends who aren't even divorced. I just think she's got like a great message and um, she just has got a really strong message. So I love podcast and I like everything from these kinds of things where you can learn to, uh, you know, murder mystery things. <laughs> so what... Is it so now that you are Shauna, you are just Shauna in a good way. You're no longer figuring out like who you were as a married couple. You've become a new person. What have been some like newfound discoveries that you're like, I do love this. This is the best or this is my new hobby. <laughs> well, it's interesting. Um, so the probably this is such a weird thing, but um the television was on in my house all the time for 13 years. And so um, I immediately like disconnected everything but Netflix. Um, And so I really don't watch much television. So the television is never on and I find myself constantly listening to music. So we get up in the morning and we're making breakfast and we have on, you know, Spotify or Pandora and we're just jamming out the girls and I. So we have tons of dance parties, which is like nothing we would have ever done. So it's just, it that's like a new thing for us in the last like six to eight months that we are just constantly, um, you know, listening to music in this house. Um I would also say, well, and also I haven't had been able to get out of the house for the last eight weeks. So <laughs> yeah. Had too many new hobbies. Um, but um, my, my, again, my sister, my brother-in-law have um, a cabin down at Nolin and really have enjoyed spending a lot of time just going down there and, um, you know, reflecting and getting away. It's beautiful there. And, um, you know, spending time with them and, and the girls and, um, yeah, just, I don't know. I'm sure gonna, I'm sure I'll find more things. Maybe I'll start skydiving because I won't be so paranoid. About <laughs> I'm going to take you with me, Sarah. No, I can't anymore. I'm too scared. <laughs> you know, totally I'm just so happy. I'm just so happy that it, 
you're right. Everybody's divorce story is different. Everyone's labor story is different. Everyone's getting pregnant story is different. It's just one of those things that is unique to you. But I'm just so happy to see someone like you who has that infectious smile and laugh to you're not even a year on the other side of this. And you can hear it in your voice. You're uplifted. And sometimes, I mean, like you said, God basically told you, you know what, Shauna, you're done now. You're done now. And I'm okay with it. Like, (laughs) and I mean, I'm just, I'm really proud of you and I'm really happy for you. And I do think you are a truly wonderful mom. Oh, Sarah, that means the world to me. Thank you. One time you and I were road tripping to one of our KDF retreats and we were talking about being a mom. And I remembered one of my favorite things you said was a, that you could play Barbies for hours with your girls, which is truly a a testament to your own imagination too, because that's fantastic. But then you said something to me that I have taken to heart and I've obviously not told you this, but at bedtime when your kids, there's something different when you go to kiss them goodnight and the words that come out of their mouth. They tend to open up a little bit more. And as much as you want them to go to bed and you want your own time and you want to go lay down because you're tired too, to stop and listen to what the little kids are saying right before bed. Because it it really is this like magic little window of the day. It is. It is. I Even read that. Night, it's hard to get them to go to bed. No, but like in true. that. So let me tell you, you are so right. I love Barbies. I, I've, I've already played Barbies. What is it? Two, Thursday? I've already played Barbie yeah. three nights this week. And I mean, <laughs> I'm, I, I think I'm really just jealous of all of her clothes to be honest. Cause I'm like, really? Cause that's a cute shirt. And um, where did you get these shoes, Barbie? I don't know. Um, so I will tell you that I read that, um, when I was pregnant with my first little girl about, you know, spend time at bedtime listening to your littles because they'll open up and they'll just talk. Oh, man, they do. And I'll tell you something else I do. And I, I should actually go get one of them and have them do it, but I won't. Um, I don't do it. I don't do it every night now, but when they were little, I did it every night. I probably do it about once a week now, but um, I used to, we used to say, I used to put them, I put them to bed and I say, tell me all the things that you are. And they tell me, and they're always, you know, there's this handful of words that I would always tell them that they are these things. And so they can repeat them now. And so at, you know, about once a week, I'll have them tell me what they are. And so they'll say, I'm kind and I'm brave and I'm smart. I'm compassionate. And most of all, I'm loved. And so that's our thing. Mm -hmm. So I want them to always be smart and brave and strong and kind and compassionate but I mostly want them to know that they're loved, you know? Uh, (laughs) I don't know why that just like hit a note with me and now I want to cry about it. (laughs) You're just such, this is why I love you. This is why I wanted to have you on. And you were like, what are we going to talk about? I'm like, I just want to talk to you. I just want to hear you talk and tell and say things like this because you're just such a beautiful soul. And that's something like that just to remind people. And again, that's before pandemics happened. What a wonderful way to live. What a wonderful thing to tell your children, tell adults. If adults could sing that mantra every single day, how much better would we be? No, I know. I should try to remember to to tell myself that too, right? Shauna, thank you so much for being on my podcast today. And 
I hope that I get to actually hang out with you soon and hopefully at a Kentucky Derby Festival event so that we can be back doing more normal like things. I don't care if I have to wear a mask. I will come and see you. <laughs> I know. Sarah, listen, you, my friend, are a godsend. You're amazing. I am so lucky to call you my friend and thank you for having me. And thanks for doing this podcast. You're, you're just an inspiration to all women. So thank you, sweet girl.